And picture books for, oh my God, picture books are like these jewels of distillation that are art objects, right? That they have their own, own world of magic that is completely separate from anything else. This is You May Contribute a Verse. I'm Brenna Jennerette, kidlet author of The Law of Birthdays, coming May 1st. I'm very excited. Climber and co-host of this podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Munkin, kidlet author, dad and science communicator, and podcast wizard, John Seymour, an author, illustrator, family man, and senior informatics dude. That was our guest, Jillian Hoffman, author of A River of Dust, beautifully illustrated by Ahenya Mello. This episode is steeped in Jillian's passion for writing and for our planet. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired. Have a dead manuscript of your own? Need help revising that manuscript or maybe your query? Or maybe you just want help with comps, agent research, or your pitch could use some love? Check out Justin Cologne's new editorial services. He offers everything from full manuscript critiques with Zoom, comp assistance, and brainstorming sessions. And if you can't decide what package is right for you, no worries. All of Justin's services can be purchased a la carte style, so mix and match whatever works best for you. Sign up today at thekidlithive.com. Cool, cool. So... I have... Yeah, so I have I have a polo on, just for the recording. <laughs> I, I look professional. Just so our um, audio, listening audience, can, can know what Josh looks like. <laughs> They can hear. They can. You hear can the hear polo. the professionalism oozing from okay. from us. So oozing's not something I want right. to do. Right. Well, maybe that's why your camera's not on. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm Brenna. This is Josh. We. This is you may contribute a verse. And today we are talking with Jillian Hoffman, and I am so excited to hear all about a river of dust, which I just read the other day, and it is uh, beautiful. Like those illustrations going along with your words are just I I ha, I sort of was like a little shocked at first when I opened when I opened the book because it's so colorful it's so um what's the word I was like absorbed by it immediately the vibrant really yes vibrant is a great yeah it was and then the words the words combined and how she sort of like moved or I'm sorry the the illustrator how they moved the the story along through the pictures. It was, it was just amazing. Yeah. I love Eugenia's work. She's, oh, she's such a sweet person. And she told me that when she got the manuscript, she was like, I love the manuscript, but how do I illustrate this? (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, well, it's dust. You said, I don't know. Not my problem. (laughs) Right. Uh, but she figured it out. And, you know, it, they say that, like, you know, you get this idea in your mind about what it's going to look like. And you have this thing, this idea of what you have in your mind when you're actually writing it, right? And then when you see the pictures that someone else produces from your words, it's like, whoa, whoa, this is too cool. You right. know, I did, I had, you know, like, it's amazing. 
do more, do more. <laughs> right. So yeah, I was really, really pleased. And she's got a couple of, um, you know, dust flies, right? And she wanted to include stuff that was more than just dust. And so there's this element of birds um, that are, are kind of hidden um, in all of the images. Um, and most all of them are flying in some way. Um, and so she included that even you know, in the ocean scenes, she included those. So I was really psyched to see the pictures. It's like, oh, thank you. I love Something my you could never anticipate coming out of the process. Say what? Yeah. Something, it's just something, one of those things that you could never anticipate coming out of the process of negotiating with an illustrator. Yes. Yes. And it was, it's, it's like magic, you know, I love magic. So I, I love, yes, a hundred percent agree. And I love when they do, when they add that, their own thing, like the birds you're saying, and there's that element in every spread. My son loves that too. Like he will point stuff out and he's like, mama, did you see it? It was on this page. And did you see this one? And then it changed to this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even I, I wasn't even paying attention, right? Because I'm I'm focused on like bedtime, right? Or re, you know, reading like getting through the book so that the the lunatic yeah. in my life will go to sleep. But he's like, "Mama, did you see?" And he's so observant, and it's just yeah, it's very cool to see that stuff. I love when they do that. Yeah, and some of them are just kind of shadows um, on the page. You don't see the actual bird; you just see the sh- the image, the shadow um, that's flying. And it, and it's part of it is I think that dust can kind of cloak things right and so you see the actual thing itself but you can't really see it because it's cloaked in dust so yeah it's really gorgeous how how i mean obviously it differs but how what was your preconceived notion of illustration style or what it what it might end up looking like oh um well we we went through um, between my editor, my er- editor is Arielle Richardson. She's awesome, lovely, amazing. I love her to death. I've heard great um, things about her, yes. Yeah, she is so sweet and so thoughtful and so, so everything. Um, we talked about a lot of illustrators um, and there were some criteria that Chronicle had um, that they wanted to make sure that they were um, an uh, an illustrator who um, kind of was of at least one of the regions where dust was flying from or to, um, but also um they they had a list of illustrators that they hadn't worked with yet that they were really wanting to work with. And Eugenia was on that list. But we went through a lot of like, well, what do you think? Does it look like, does it look magical? Is it, it's gotta be swirling. It's gotta be, you know. Um, and I really, uh, in my head, I had kind of like this magical realism idea um, that was not as realistic as what Eugenia decided to do. Um, and I really like that because like the world is so freaking amazing. You know, the, our planet, I, I was having this discussion with my husband this morning, like 
you know, he's like, because I was telling him about the moon last night, it was coming in the window and I was going to sleep and the moon is shining and it's a full moon and then the clouds go over top of it. It's just, it's just magical, right? And, and he's like, yeah, and won't it be even more magical when we know that there are people up there living on it? And I was like, um, well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but the world Maybe. in itself is amazing, right? And I, I, the whole, one of the reasons why I wrote this book was because, can you believe that dust from one part of the planet flies thousands of miles to another part of the planet? And without that resource that it brings, I mean, our, the Amazon rainforest would not be what it is today, right? It's just amazing, right? Who can think that this stuff is actually happening? You know, so I'm kind of, even though I feel like it's magical, it's grounded to the physical that actually happens, right? And so Eugenia's illustrations are very grounded in the physical, yet make it feel magical, if that makes any sense. I feel like that that in itself makes it that much more powerful because for a kid reading it and they're like, you know, if it had been more sort of fantasy based and more sort of out there and not so grounded, it's harder to to like grab onto that. But it, since it is grounded, it is very like it's it is it's incredible because you're following. I, w- I was blown away because I'm like, I didn't know about this. I didn't know about the dust and how it flies and this whole journey and the whole thing. And I was like, wow, that is incredible. And it's real. That's the thing that like really sort of like blows blows your mind when you read it right so i i 100 yeah. agree with you like having it grounded made it more magical i think yeah yeah and to, and the ocean depends pun- on it i mean everything yeah i'm sorry josh pun not well no i was just gonna make a dumb comment about <laughs> <laughs> being blown away when we're talking about a book about dust very nice intended. very nice yes <laughs> you know and it's it's really kind of funny because when I first heard about dust, I was a kid in the Midwest, right? And there was this big deal, like the dust from Africa is coming, is swirling over and you'll see it in the Midwest. And I was like looking up in the sky, like, where is it? Where is it? Like it'll look different somehow. Like it'll have like a giraffe embedded (laughs) into it or something. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, show me the dust. I want to see the dust. And, um, and then it was just so weird because I got this email from NASA in my inbox. Um, and like, (laughs) I don't know, 2015. And I was like, whoa, they can actually quantify the dust now that that like they can actually measure how much is flying. Oh, like, how do they do that? And so I went down that rabbit hole, you know, and so it it really kind of satisfied that kid in me who grew up in the Midwest, right? Knowing that there was dust coming. But now, I mean, they couldn't even say like, how much or anything at that time. It was just like, well, the dust is coming and whatever. Um, And it was just so satisfying to come full circle with it, to actually know that. Well, I mean, is, is that really the germ of where this, where this story comes from? Is that the NASA email? I know so many people are inspired by NASA, but I, I, I do wonder about that where, where you get the concept of let me write a picture book 
uh, from the perspective of a bunch of dust. In right. Africa. And also, sub question: <laughs> so, Are you just personally emailing with with someone at NASA, or is it like a newsletter, yeah, or exactly. like like they were like, "Oh, I know she's really interested in dust. I'm just gonna send this email to her real quick, and then I'll I'll be right with you." Like, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. NASA. We're on a first name basis. <laughs> just um, NASA, not Mister NASA. <laughs> yeah, just NASA. Um, Nasty. <laughs> No, I um I subscribe to a lot of different newsletters. I'm a I'm a science writer from for a long time. Oh, and, okay. And so um when this email came, um it just really it struck that chord, right? That kid chord that said, "Wow, I've been wondering about this since I was a kid and now I get to know more about it. So, here I go." And I mean, I have piles of research on this stuff. I mean, I, JSTOR is my friend. And so <laughs> I, uh, I, I dug through tons and tons and tons of research and NASA, you know, a lot of people think NASA is just about like, oh, putting people on the moon, right? NASA is this unbelievable education-based organization, research and education that knows so much about this planet. We wouldn't know anything about this planet without NASA, right? And a lot of people don't realize that and think, oh, well, why are we funding all these moonshots or whatever, you know, whatever it's they're funding right now, right? Let's go to Mars. Um, but it's, it's, you can get lost in the website that is NASA, just looking at all the educational materials that they offer for teachers and kids right? It's just phenomenal. I think we should be dumping a lot more money into NASA than we do right now. Controversial <laughs> hot takes. <laughs> I also love how dismissive you are of putting people on Mars and on the moon, uh, really like underlining your stance that uh, exploring the earth is what we need to be doing right now. <laughs> well, you know, um, it's not an either or situation. You know, I think a lot of people think, you know, you can do one or the other. I think you need to do both. And one of the things um, I have a book out right now on sub that um, takes us to another place in our pla of, a, of our planet that um, we really need to know a lot more about. Less about it than we do um and it's just as difficult to explore as space is and um without it um we would all be dead right so i think it's really important um am i being too obtuse <laughs> am i well you have i know right i was going to start least. guessing like if we could guess will you tell us what it is <laughs> <laughs> oh it's uh, yeah i'm hooked i want to read it <laughs> it's too bad it's not being subbed to me. I would I would acquire that right away. I'd be like, I don't even know what it's about. I want it. <laughs> fingers cr fingers crossed. I'm gonna I'm gonna find out very soon if it's if it's going to be something. Um, Keep my fingers crossed. So, yeah, well, well, thank you. Um, but yeah, it's not an either or. Uh, um, and when I was like dismissing my husband about like space exploration and where people need to be living and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, there's, there's place for it all, right? And what we learn when we do all of these things feeds a lot of other research that we do 
for good things on our planet. So we should be doing it all, but we should, we shouldn't be, you know, like feeding so much to the military. How about that? I, I could get behind <laughs> that. that. Yeah. Another take. I, I could get behind that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. So, okay. So I have, I have two questions first. So you were a science writer. So is that your first, that's where, that's where you sort of come from. That's your background. And how long, like how long did you do that for? Um, well, actually, actually, um, I'm an engineer by edu- my first degree is in engineering. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, and, um, it was, it's, it's really kind of funny because they, all of my engineering professors told me that I didn't write like an engineer <laughs> and that was a compliment, you know? Um, yeah. no offense to engineers, um, uh, because there are plenty that write well, but there are way too many that don't. Mm. And, um, uh, so I really enjoyed writing and I kind of veered off. Um, I, I took a leave from, um, my engineering work at IBM and, um, went traveling and came back and started like doing things for the world. I was, I saw an article, like, I think it was like a time magazine thing that was like, um, the world is dying or something like that. The world is in grave danger. And it was this massive issue that they did on, you know, like how we're really screwing the planet. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And it shook me. And I came back and I started working for an organization um, that, you know, the Clean Water Act. Yeah. um, And Mm -hmm. um, uh, an organization associated with the Clean Water Act. And uh, so I started doing advocacy work and did some started doing some science writing for them. And then um, when I left there, I did science writing for medical things, the NIH. And um, and so it just kind of broadened. And then I did grant writing. I've done a lot of, of that. Um, so it's been quite a few years that I've been writing. But when I thought I could write for kids, well, that was hilarious. You know, how everybody goes, oh, I'm a writer. I can write for kids. And then you find out that this thing that you've created really is like a chapter book. It's not a picture book. Right. Um, it, it's like, wait, it's too many words. It's It is like it's such... Not, it's just, it's such a hard learning yeah. curve because you're like, well, yeah, kids, right? Like, that's easy to write for. Like, you know, that's like, that's going to be so easy. Like, it's a walk in the park. And it's like, so hard and so grueling yeah. and heartbreaking and just like, so much disappointment. Yeah, I feel like everybody comes in thinking that. And then you're just like, whoa, yeah. okay, never mind. Like, I'm, I've, I'm sorry. I'm so humbled. Like, I'll, I'll start from the ground yeah. up. And picture books. For, oh, my God. Picture books are like, these jewels of distillation that are art objects, right? That they have their own own world of magic that is completely separate from anything else, right? All of the other writing for kids is very different. In fact, like 
um, I wrote a novel in verse and it was such a relief. Same. Right. Same. It's like, oh my God, thank you. I can be so much more expansive. Yes. Right? This is my analogy for that. I love this analogy and I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but the Seinfeld episode where Kramer like goes onto the highway and he paints over the middle lane and he's just like driving like this, like it's so luxurious because he's got all this space. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Cause you're just like, I have so many words at my disposal. I can write whatever I want. Like, <laughs> yes. yes. This episode, once again, sponsored by Seinfeld. For, I mean, for yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Come on, Seinfeld. Get on board. We're going to be big. Get in on the ground floor. <laughs> Jalan, do you, do you find, so first, your experience is after my own heart. Um, I am a science communicator. I am not an engineer, but I communicate on behalf of engineers for my day job. Do you find... And maybe this is me doing content, like external focus content for the company that I work for. But do you find that there's there are parts of your science communication background that that lend themselves more to communicating to kids? Not to say that I the work that I do is dumbing concepts down to, you know, a, an elementary school level. But there's something about to me the simplification of tech, technical subjects that makes this process slightly more familiar territory to veer into. Yes, yes, because, <clears throat> excuse me, I, whenever you're trying to, man, people don't live in an engineering world. People don't live, it, they don't have, they're not in that headspace, right? They take advantage of, oh, my PC works, you know, or my microphone works, but it's, it's all magic to them, right? Um, I mean, Let's face it, all of this is magic, right? Right. Unless you know exactly what's going on inside of it, right? And like when my son was born, we spent, oh my gosh, so much time with like books like The Way Things Work, right? Mm. What is that? It's Macaulay, right? David Macaulay, The Way it's, Things Work. That sounds familiar, yeah. Um, like pages and pages of, oh, so that's what's inside of this thing, you know, and then we take all this stuff apart, things that didn't work and would never work ever again. Right. Because wanted to see what was actually inside. And so writing is being able, well, technical writing is being able to describe how stuff works to someone who thinks it's all magic. Right. And kids think everything is magic right? It, everything. Like, how does your food get to the table? Magic. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Let me tell you about supply chain. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Let me tell you about the farm. You know, um, my son was lucky enough to actually see our farm um, before my parents died. Um, see the farm and, and know a little bit about where food comes from. You know, so yeah. he doesn't think, you know, that a hot dog is like real. <laughs> <laughs> like a real thing. Well, yeah, you should know that the science communication that I do is on behalf of farming. Um, so oh. d dually overlapping. <laughs> Many ways you're overlapping with my very specific area of interest <laughs> and experience. Interesting. And, and what, what kind of what kind of farming? 
uh, of agricultural technology. So the engineering that happens with farming. Oh, uh, cool. We're, we're going to, we're going to drift into very unrelatable. <laughs> don't fall, as, don't fall asleep audience. guys. I'll bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. never mind. I was going to talk to you about precision planting, but I won't. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. After the recording is over, maybe you guys should co-write yes. a book about about precision planting, or right? Feeding minds will want that book, Josh. You know they will. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, what I was gonna ask is how how did you get from that place to actually like considering writing picture books, and then how did that how did that unfold? Oh, well, you know, um, hmm. I was scrambling like. I, I got my MFA in creative writing um, the year that my son was born. Um, wow, he you was are like using four months old. You are using both sides of the brain like equally. Like I feel like you meet very few people that can do that, and you just engineering and creative writing. Like I'm very impressed. Well, it's I don't know. Um, you know, I think everybody can do lots of different things, right? And I think that sometimes people have this mindset like well I only know how to do this so that's all I can do mm. right and that's I think fair. people have this amazing potential to and kids my god there's such amazing potential and like you know the the picture book Nigel and the moon um yeah. I don't know if you've read it yes but it's like this kid yes. who wants to do like all these different things and he's afraid to share that he wants to do all of these things and will people laugh at him? And like, I mean, it's it, kids, everybody should know that they have the potential to do, to, to fulfill their dreams. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's what kids writers should help kids realize that. Right. Um, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but uh, it's okay. But, I am. I'm like so drawn to your passion. I so I'm here for it. I I love everything about it. Yeah, you're saying interesting things. Doesn't matter what your questions are. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Okay. I got an MFA, and then um, and my son was born, and I was, I I was doing that thing where you know you you've got a child, right? Mm -hmm. How old is your child? He's six. Okay. So those first few years are like, my son didn't sleep for the first year of his life, right? He didn't sleep yeah, through the night, right? right. <laughs> and I was still trying to work. And I was wandering around in this haze. And, and I, I did that for several years, right? Of haze wandering, and still writing <laughs> and yes. trying to like, feed everybody. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I, I stopped doing that. Um, I kind of I kind of tapered off from doing that and just started focusing on him. And I, I had the luxury of being able to do that. Mm. Right. Um, and we started we read so many picture books so many we had hundreds of picture books and i became fascinated with with the 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 object itself mm -hmm. and stupidly right um i thought i i could start writing um, <laughs> oh my gosh that's books. how we started too yep <laughs> same thing we yeah. were like yep. i know yeah so relatable. i know what i should do <laughs> yeah and um yeah. And then I discovered, 
you know, there were, I, I joined SCBWI in 2012, the end of 2012, um, because I figured out that the 1200 word story, the stories, the series that I had written, um, wasn't really a picture book. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then after SCBWI, SCB, Skibwe, I'll just say Skibwe, um, <laughs> Uh, I joined 12 by 12 and learned what I didn't know. Um, and I took Renee Latulipe's class, the lyrical oh. language class, mm -hmm. which is phenomenal because I've always been attracted to rhyme. Mm. Um, and I'm an, I'm a natural rhymer, but it's good to actually know what you're doing totally. versus just winging it. Um, and so, yeah, and I've taken a ton of, a ton, a ton. I've, I've taken classes through the Writing Barn. I've gone to the Highlights Foundation. Highlights oh. is unbelievable. Oh, I would love to I go love there. I love that place. Highlights, sponsor us to come and do a podcast at your, at your retreat. I'll take you in the show notes. They're amazing. Don't worry. George Brown. George, George, oh. listen, George. Oh, George Brown, hook us up. <laughs> <laughs> These are Jillian's <laughs> Wow. So, um, so yeah, it's been a long, a long journey. Yeah. So, what is it now? It's 2023. I know. So, so when did you, when did you get an agent and, and get published? Like when did that sort of fall into place? Um, okay. Um, agent, I had an agent, my very first agent, um, in 2015, 2016. And I, it was an unfortunate experience um, uh. because it was one of those agents that are not the best and they are no longer in the industry uh. and um, it just didn't work out right yeah and um, and it took me a long time to recover from that because it was not a good experience um, probably a couple of years before I got back to querying um, yeah. And so 2019, I was kind of sporadically querying. I'm not a, I'm not, I have spreadsheets, right. Mm -hmm. Of, of <laughs> all like publishers and agents. And, um, I, but I'm not, I wasn't super methodical in my querying. Um, I would keep track of it, but I was not a good planner. Mm. Um, I used query tracker, which I thought was, I was, was helpful. Um, but at, in 20, the beginning, like the end of 2019, um, Bethany Hegedus, who runs the writing barn, mm -hmm. um, I asked her if she would be a mentor. Oh, and so she mentored me for the first six months of 2020. And it was during that time that, um, I watched a webinar that the writing barn sponsored that had, all of the agents from um, what was then um, Raven Quill Literary. Mm -hmm. They have since been absorbed by Tobias. And then my agent, um, Lori, went to Red Fox um, after they reformed. Okay. And, um, yeah. and so I, I, one of the agents there was Lori, my current agent. And I just, I could just feel the vibe of what she was looking for was what, I wrote mm. and um, and then <clears throat> Bethany told me that 
she's like, Jill, you know, um, I'll, I'll recommend you, um, but to whoever you apply to. Oh, wow. And, uh, and she did. And, um, I had a call with Lori, <clears throat> excuse me, I need some water. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had a call with Lori and I just knew like we were simpatico. Yeah. Right? That's and, such a, that feeling, right? More, oh. It's more magic. I mean, you're just like, oh, thank God. Like this is, I, I can feel it's, this. Yeah. Ma- magic that you can't explain with engineering and science. Exactly. People, people magic. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's true. And I mean, I think, I think that's another thing about human beings, um, that we're a lot more intuitive than we give ourselves credit for. And we tend to think like, oh, I can think logically, and I know how to figure this out. Right. Mm. Um, But logical thinking doesn't always get you places. Um, Intuition especially when you're creating something, intuition is so much more important to follow. I've personally been trying a lot harder these days to listen to that, which is really hard sometimes, right? Because your brain wants to take over and be like, no, 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 don't listen to your gut because, you know, X, Y, and Z, because logically it doesn't seem right. So you push a lot of that down. And I'm like, well, I don't know, man, like, I think I might be right, you know, like, and why not? A lot of it is sort of like, well, why not? Why not just like try? Why not see and see where it goes? Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it was, it's really funny. Um, when I first wrote dust, it was not from the point of view of dust. Oh. Um, it was kind of like a travel log. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think about it, like I took it to highlights and, um, Kathy Erskine, who, um, she's a lovely, lovely writer. Um, she read this and she's like, Jill, what, what kind of writing do you do? Not children's based and I was like well I've done science writing and journalism and blah 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 and she's like oh well it shows <laughs> like oh <laughs> okay like um, okay critique and, taken <laughs> and, and I then I rewrote it but it's still I rewrote it from like the point of view of a child and um uh, I took it to uh uh, a work it was like a retreat at Miranda Paul Miranda and Baptiste Paul yeah um they they ran a just like a one-off little retreat at their place one year and so you I came to Wisconsin for their retreat yes, you must yes, have Green Bay yes Green okay Bay. yeah because I'm like they live they they're in this state yeah yes and it was it was December and we nearly <laughs> froze to death. My oh God. My oh it was so cold. So cold. <laughs> anyway anyway <laughs> when you have when you have nothing else to do but sit and write. Right, you might time. as well. That makes so much sense. Writer's <laughs> retreat. Like, come on. <laughs> we'll have no yes, distractions. It was, yeah, we stayed inside. We stayed inside for the most yes, part. Yes, um, of course. But but she was like, Miranda was like, chill. Why don't you write it from a completely, you know, like, different point of view? You know what I'm like? Like, dust or something? Like... <laughs> <laughs> And and she's like, yeah. Why don't you write it from the point of view of dust? And I was like, well, hmm, okay. And it took me like a year to do it because I I I was resisting. Mm -hmm. I resisted that suggestion. And the minute I sat down to do it, 
I wrote it in like a week. Can we talk about the mastership of Miranda Paul just one off being like, yeah, just, you know, try it from dust. And that, I mean, that was like the thing missing. I mean, she's kind of incredible, right? Like, (laughs) wow. Yes. I I owe owe this notion too. Yeah. I, I love this notion too of sitting on it for a while and letting, letting that be your Mm. intuition. But after, after the intuition is fully soaked into, you know, the the way that you think about the piece. I mean, I've done that with several critiques in reaction to Mm. several critiques where you just kind of go, huh? And you put it away and you think about it for a long, long time. And then it just comes back out in a much better form. Yeah. Yeah. And that resistance is amazing. Though, um, like, why do we build these walls? Why do we, why are we so set in going one direction when there are thousands of other different directions that we could go? Um, what is this? You know, like, um, psychologists call it um, rock brain. That's oh. what it's called, rock brain. Um, and it's for kids. Like my son, my son had rock brain. Um, he, 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 is he recovered now? uh, Is is he okay? (laughs) (laughs) He's very, what is the cure? Tell, tell all the writers listening, please. (laughs) But it's, it's like, um, a kid who gets very set in doing things a certain way Mm. and doesn't want to do it any other way, but that right very inflexible very whatever i am familiar with this yes you know i know someone like this (laughs) who lives in my house (laughs) it's very annoying (laughs) yes so rock brain um but maybe it's just part of the human condition that Mm -hmm. we we get we 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 start going down a certain track and we've got to stay in that track instead of like finding new track Right. Or laying new track or let's go to trains now, shall we? <laughs> Why not? So many metaphors. It's we can do it all. <laughs> we don't have rock brain. <laughs> we just need to lay some new track. It puts yeah. me in. Yeah. It, it puts me in mind of, I mean, a, a meme that I think got circulated really wildly uh, that I first saw from uh, our friend uh, Nathan Christopher, who posted this picture of the pizza. Yes, I don't know if you've seen this. It's so Man, good. The picture of the pizza that's got an M and M's on it and an entire chicken or what you know, red, whatever. And <laughs> yes. the the caption is, you know, what happens when you take everybody's critique advice or you know something it's something so like perfect. that. But I think that that's that's to me part of the uh, part of the resistance. It, uh, to mm. taking critiques or incorporating other people's feedback that may represent a hard left turn in a work that is near and dear to your heart. Like, is this going to change the nature of how I think about something that's like my pure creation? Right, you're like, I don't yeah. want your whole chicken, so man. Like, sense, keep your chicken to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> this is an M&M pizza. I, Come on. I would like my pizza vegan, thank you. Keep your chickens, keep your chickens off. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so the discernment then comes into play right um figuring out what part of the pizza or what you actually do want on your pizza right um or whether it's time that like to take that half-baked pizza put it 
somewhere and create a new pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Right, which is, right, then the intuition has to play in a little bit too, I think, right? Because you sort of, and you need that time as well. It sort of all plays into each other. You have the rock brain, you take some time for rock brain to sort of like, you know, crumble and decompose. And then your intuition can come back in and be like, oh, okay, I know what we have to do here. Like this is... (laughs) It's time for this week's book reviews from Jen. Grumpy Monkey by Suzanne and Max Lang is a delightfully well-crafted children's book that explores the importance of acknowledging and embracing our feelings. Chimpanzee, which is likely one of the greatest monkey names ever written, has a grumpy day that is humorously illustrated as he navigates well-intentioned but misguided advice from his animal friends. I give this 10 grumpy bananas out of 10. From Josh, in the grand tradition of picture books depicting children in the right and parents in the wrong, Jacob Grant's No Pants is a nice, small moment reminder to parents to think ahead and be less dogmatic, and a reminder to kids that sometimes they are right and to stick to their convictions, even if they're pants-based. For Josh, too, this is yet another reminder to keep it simple and focused on stories to small moments that resonate. And my review for this week is I Am My Ancestor's Wildest Dreams, written by Tanisha Moore and illustrated by Robert Paul Jr., Sparse and powerful text combined with electric illustrations, this book is a true anthem to black joy and pride. We follow our young MC as he as he sees how his ancestors from Chadwick Boseman to Martin Luther King Jr. paved the way for him to be whatever he wants to be, because he is his ancestors' wildest dreams. Don't forget to get your own reviews and library requests in. It's the number one way to help an author's sales. We have community shoutouts and merch. Help support the podcast and the Kidlet community with a shoutout of your own or check out Verse Show merch designed by the Maddie Frost. Or even better, leave us a review. It helps other people find us and it makes us feel good. Find all our links on Threads, Blue Sky, or at brennagenerate.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and even get the podcast delivered right to your inbox. And now, back to our show. When the rock has been break, broken down, broken down, broken down into dust <laughs> oh, and it's going over the ocean. All right, all right, Josh. There's the tie-in. <laughs> um, while I have the floor, I want to I want to take this one one step further into the the sort of business realm, and maybe this can be a segue to how you sold the book. But th- this all puts me all, also in mind of the conversation we had with Julie Headland, um, famous famous twelve by twelve Julie Headland mm-hmm. about. The ways that her, keep me honest, Brenna, um, biography, Julie Andrews biography, uh, um, which I yes, don't have in I know, front of me. Yes, I same. It's, um, um, yeah. shoot, I can't remember the name. I'm sorry, Julie. Well, one thing, yeah, one one thing that we had talked about um, in the conversation with her, uh, and we'll delete out all that, all my floundering <laughs> from the conversation. <laughs> one thing that we had talked about with her is editor feedback, and that's particularly mm. hard to reject when you say, if you retool this work in a certain direction, I will buy this. And kudos to Julie. I mean, there there were bits of feedback that she rewrote and rewrote and then ultimately did not take because it, it no longer felt like her work. Yeah. You know, um, I can really relate to that. Um, the novel and verse that I have out on sub right now, um, when it first went out on sub, I got an offer for it. And um, the offer, the editor loved it as is. Um, marketing and sales wanted it to be changed from um, a 1980s setting to a 
contemporary setting. And huh. um, that the sale was contingent on my changing that. Huh. And I took a long time thinking about it. And it's a historical fiction novel, and it's set in the 80s for a very specific reason. Um, and everything kind of hinged on the zeitgeist of the um, of the 80s and what was happening during that time period. And there were, it was just, it was so part of the fabric of the book um, that I had to come back and say, no, thank you. Um, I can't do it. And even though the, the editor was most gracious and said, I will help you. I will, we will work together to make those changes. In my heart, I knew that if I did that, first, it would be a completely different book. Mm -hmm. And second, it would not represent what was so important to me about that period of time. Um, and the lessons that were learned from that period of time. And um, I just couldn't do it. And as it was, it killed me, right? Because I, I mean, it was, it was a big five. Mm -hmm. And don't we all want to be published by one of the big five? Right. And I just, it, it makes me sad to think about, um, but I know that there is somebody out there who will want the book for what it is right now and not for what their idea of the book should be, right? Yeah, which is, yeah. I mean, that's such an important lesson and just like a mind, a mindset shift. Like without without your book, there is no sale. There is no money there is no right because publishers are in it to make money that's everybody knows that but if we continue to change our work then i mean where where's the where is the integrity right and where is the like there's there's a lot of power i guess in saying no and a, and a lot of like you have to have a lot of belief and a lot of confidence in your work which i think i think most writers do but i think we get sort of swirled around in this thought process of like sort of desperation to be published and to get out there at any cost, yeah. which, you know, I, I, I get that, that I, you know, I have been coming from that place for a while and just now sort of trying to shift my mindset myself to be like, I am prepared to turn down a deal if my work is going to be compromised. And I think that's fair, you know, across the board for anybody listening, like, it is, it's hard to turn down that deal, to turn down that big five. But in the end, you'll yeah. know that your book is going to remain intact and you did the right thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I really want to give lots of credit to my agent because she was like, Jill, you know, what you need to do is sit down and think of the pros and the cons for you. She said, you don't even think about me, you know, uh, it's it's your book it's your your heart um whatever you decide is the right thing you know so she wasn't like oh i'm going to pressure you to make a sale right 
she stood back and she's like, whatever, you, you know, we'll talk through it, whatever. Um, but I like I like to think without knowing the you know ins and outs of the conversation with the editor that this was not like a it's not like a I, I want to change the nature of the book kind of thing. It's more like, a look, I, I just don't have a slot for a book that's set in the 80s or I don't I don't have the belief that I could sell or do a just do justice to a book that comes from the eighties or maybe the editor just really didn't like perms and in neon clothing. I've not, no, I the, the editor loved the book as is. Yeah. yeah. The editor loved the book. Um, everybody in editorial that read the book, loved the book. Um, sales and marketing was the group um, that mm -hmm. felt, and it was really kind of funny. Rob Sanders, whose book, yeah. um, uh, with the, about the boys. Um, gosh, where is it? Um, about the bullies. I just um, read, um, uh, Blaine. Blood Brothers. Oh, it's okay. Blood I haven't Brothers. read that one. Yeah. It's, it's a middle grade, um, novel in verse, um, set in the eighties. Oh, cool. um, because it's about two brothers who have hemophilia, um, who get AIDS, um, from a uh, transfusion. Wow. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the critique of his book before he sold it was that it was set in the 80s and books in the 80s don't sell. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's really, and he was talking no, about no. this. And so when this happened to my book, I was like, wow, this is a thing, right? It, it's, it's, there's some, there's a group out there that think that books from the eighties aren't selling. Hmm. I don't know. Um, That's weird. It's really kind of bizarre. It's very weird. What's, fa what's fascinating is, and this is complete anecdotal, my family experience. What fa it's fascinating is that my kids, my two kids, nine and six, they know that my wife and I grew up in the eighties and they are endlessly fascinated with the eighties oh. because of what, you know, <laughs> we must, we must be like, or what must have been like in, in the eighties. So there's a clear, you know, market for it. In, I think it's going to come back around. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Plus the music is really great, right? Um, <laughs> yes. Hello, hair metal ballads, well, obviously. But, um, You're taking some strong stances today, Julianne. <laughs> Rajani LaRocca's book, right? That yes. got a Newberry um, uh, Red, honor, White, and Hole. Right? Red, White, and Hole yeah. set in the 80s. And it's based on all that fabulous music, right? Right. Well, I mean, of course, <laughs> of course, right? Because all of us, well, not all of us, but, you know, Across the board, we're roughly the same age. You know, there's there's a range, of course. But, like, if we're going to be writing about our childhoods or, you know, some sort of nostalgic piece or whatever, 80s, 90s, like, it, that is all going to have a resurgence. So, like, of course. So, like, at some point, I mean, whoever is saying no to 80s books is going to have to start saying yes because, like, I don't know. they're not, I don't think they're going to go away. So... <laughs> Hashtag, hashtag make space for MC Hammer. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was one of the, one of the, the statements made in the past that I, that, or that, that sales and marketing said was that it, it, the nostalgia for the eighties or something. And part of my argument was it's not nostalgia for the eighties. This, this was a, very traumatic time period for a certain group of people mm. and um it's still fairly traumatic for that group of people but um that it 
it was set during that for a very specific purpose. It wasn't because I was looking at that, the eighties through these rose colored glasses. Right. Right. Mm. Right. So anyway, oh, well, um, what can you do? I want to, I want to circle back just real quick to what you said about, um, having Bethany mentor you. I, that was just sort of a quick blip and I just I just wanted to sort of I'm so glad you're yeah I just wanted to sort of shout it out a little bit because I you know everybody out there is so you know you're just trying to do what you can to like level up the craft or find somebody to help you or share information or whatever and that's part of why we do this podcast you know it's free for everybody you can there's a lot of gems in these conversations like I, I like to think it's helpful But my point is these mentorships that come around, they're very sought after, you know, they can really level people up and like sort of shoot them into, you know, the next, the next realm of publication. And they're very important and a big deal. And I'm not saying that they're not, but I want to point out here that all you did was ask. I mean, and Bethany was kind enough to be like, yes, let's do this. Like, let me share my information with you. Let's whatever, whatever that entailed. And I, f- I feel like maybe maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but I just wanted to say asking is a big deal. Yes, but I will I will say that the caveat is that it was through the writing barn. So it was a paid, paid mentorship. Oh, OK. OK. okay. Got it. Got yes. it. OK, yes. well, yes. it was a paid mentorship. And she was kind enough to put me into her. She had a very full schedule, but she knew kind of like my past history with this other agent. And she knew we, we had had other conversations. And um, so she, she was, it was very nice of her to fit me in. Okay. Let's say that. Got it. Well, he has a very big heart. Yeah. Well, I guess on that note, I guess I, I don't take back anything that I said. I, you know, the, the Kidley community is super generous and very kind and, you know, ready to share information. And I guess the point is if you don't get one of these mentorships or if it doesn't happen for you, you know, reach out and just ask people like people are more, more likely than not to, you know, lend information or lend an ear or look at something for you or there, you know, there's all kinds of ways to do it. I'm saying this in part because I know Mm -hmm. PB Rising Stars is happening and people are waiting for their applications to go through. And, you know, you can get really anxious and there's a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of excitement, but, you know, not everybody can get picked. And I just, it's, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like there are other avenues is, is all I wanted to say. Yeah. And I I really think um, like through our regional um, Skibway, we do like we run um, I'm a the San Francisco local area coordinator and um, another friend in the organization and I kind of like run um, a picture book craft discussion group that's free for all the our regional Skibwe members um, and we run a middle grade discussion group um, and um, for like a year and a half, I also did, um, I kind of facilitated a, um, a kind of like meet and critique where people could come and critique each other's work. Um, and so there are all these other resources as well that I think people should take advantage of um, because discussion, craft discussion can be so beneficial um, to really open your eyes to what's going on in this book. Why is it successful? 
or why is it maybe not as successful for some reasons, but more successful for others? And so those discussions are so hugely valuable um, that just taking advantage of those kinds of things, I think, is super important to help you grow and kind of like open new avenues for mm -hmm. how you see you and your writing, you know? And also, and also they're free. There are a lot of free resources. Cause I think, I think there's exactly. a lot of money tied up in, you know, in the classes and submission opportunities and all that stuff. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. There are a lot of opportunities and resources that don't cost anything. And just, just talking to people, just listening to conversations, super helpful. Like you said, so. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, Brenna, Listening to podcasts. <laughs> and listening to podcasts it's free and you can do it while you do the dishes improve your writing while you do the dishes i don't need to do a sales pitch for the podcast oh my gosh yeah right well it. and we're not actually selling anything we just really want you to listen for free please <laughs> please listen for free <laughs> um can i ask you really quick about your travel i wanted to ask about that too did you were you able to travel to africa like is that part of what informed dust um i let's see that's a long story, um, oh. <laughs> but I'll, I'll make it really short. Um, I spent a couple of months in Southern Africa. So um, South Africa, uh, Zimbabwe, Namibia, Botswana. Um, and so that was, I, I, I have the feel for like the Namib desert um, mm. and the Sahara is kind of like the flip side of the Namib. And um, I, I do plan, I've got to get there. Um, COVID kind of threw a wrench in all sorts of travel mm. plans, but um, I've got to get to the Sahara and the Sahel. Um, it's something that I really, really, really want to do. I've been to the Amazon, the, uh, northern um, highlands of the Amazon in per Peru, um, oh, cool. which is really crazy. Um, so gorgeous. Um, but yeah, um, gosh, there's so many things in this world, you know. Um, I know it. Have you ever read this book? Um, it's called Lost and Found. It's by a, a New Yorker writer, um, Schultz. Um, Laura uh, Schultz. Oh gosh, what's her? Rebecca Schultz. Um, no, uh, Catherine. Catherine Schultz. Oh, okay. um, this book is about um, losing her father, but then um, finding um, her, the love of her life, um, and it's about all the things that you can lose, but then find. And there's just one of you, and gosh it's really hard to distill this book into like four sentences um <laughs> and it i've been using i i i have a tendency to read widely i'm writing a new a new uh middle grade and i read widely and it's about um grief and loss but then finding love and um in a family sort of way and uh so this book is about, I mean, there's only one of you and an infinite number of possibilities about what you can do and what you can be and the frustration, knowing that as you get older, the the possibilities of doing and being um, feel like they're narrowing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and and you really have to fight the the narrowing 
of that that life to to keep it expansive and open to new possibilities and um not thinking that you're just stuck right yeah Um, yeah so anyway why am i telling you about that i don't know it's about loss and about it's about dust it's about (laughs) i'm into it yeah the original question was was travel based but we're we're back on fighting rock brain i think (laughs) which is i mean still a salient point it's a writing craft point it's a you know keep your life vibrant type of point um yes all of a piece yes don't let yourself get stuck yeah we um so we haven't covered the other thing that's on your website's um, my books page, which are your your picture books, your die cut picture books, um, Honey Bear and Happy Happy Camper. Oh, so where do those fit in the those in the little, Joanne those little milieu? babies? They're board books. Um, they're they're um, they're by uh, the publisher is Mud Puppy, and oh, I um, love that name, Mud Puppy, and they do lots of unusual um, novelty types of books and um, a friend of mine, uh, Katie Tannis. Oh, 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 let me show you her book. Oh, oh, oh. she's reaching frantically into her. Oh, love in the wind. Oh, what a beautiful cover. This is what love in the wild. Oh my my gosh. Sorry. I've got wind on my brain. I just, (laughs) I just went for it. Sorry. (laughs) She is, she is amazing. And, um, talk about, she's a scientist, um, and creates these, these fabulous books, um, about animal behaviors that, um, uh, she's getting a lot of flack for, um, because, um, animals form unusual non-traditional families, and um that's somehow are... her fault for telling this factual story about how they're unusual exactly. I, of course exactly and they they are like meticulously science based and you know wait a second lions can't I mean, be gay oh um, my gosh yeah, yeah ex- <laughs> I, I was going to describe describe the cover of that board book as two maned lions with rainbow manes the rainbow manes are maybe not science based <laughs> but they're <laughs> And they're making a heart. Yes, they're awesome. Also, yeah. also yes. anyone out there who has an issue with it, I mean, calm down. Like, it's like, really? Oh, my gosh. I love how colorful it is. It's fabulous. It's oh, really fabulous. Wow. I, I love that. I, I can't say enough. And she, um, she actually put together for this book that I was talking about earlier that uh, is about a very important part of our planet that we will all die without. Yes, um, yes, yes. The very vague, <laughs> ominous thing that's coming for all of us. <laughs> Somebody pick this book right. up so I know what's happening. I have to read it. <laughs> no, um, it's really, um, I, got a, I got a lot of passes that say, this is really beautiful, but I don't know how to illustrate it, right? Mm. I have no vision for the illustration. And so Katie, this last time, put together um, an inspiration concept board of how she felt it should be illustrated. And very cool. I think that might be what sends it over the edge. Would she illustrate it? Phenomenal. Would she? No, no. She's she's got so many projects going on. Oh, she was just trying to help out, like help sort of get the brain going on the other end. She's one of my... (laughs) critique partners and so critique partners are the best oh my gosh right so awesome wow shout out i mean shout out to katie wow that's that's awesome yeah so So anyway is 
Yeah, is is Love in the Wild a a mud puppy book? Because you held it up and it's a it's a board book. Yes, yes, it is. It is a mud puppy oh, it book. Is. Okay. This is their their logo. Right. It's another oh, one of those little quir- yeah. quirky um quirky little uh, specific board right. books. Yeah, and so that's great. So how did you get hooked hooked up with them for for the other the other two? Oh, your first two, I guess. So. The editor was looking for someone who was like nature based and science based and was talking to Katie. And also gets emails from NASA on a regular Ah. basis. And you were like, oh, well, I mean, (laughs) this is clearly meant for me. (laughs) And so Katie recommended me and um, there we go. Wow. Nice. Yeah, it was. It and was, this is this is un un unagented. No, I I, I had an agent. I had an agent, mm-hmm. and the editor was just having a conversation with Katie, and Katie said, "Oh, talk to Jill." And um, so she sent me an email, and it just all worked out. You know, so and you went NASA, 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 <laughs> mud puppy, NASA. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as one does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. And they're they're nonfiction, and um, here they are. Um, oh, and I just so love cute. the fact that they're the shapes. Yes, of, like this camper, this retro camper. Uh huh. Um, and of course, mm-hmm. the the honey bear that everybody loves to squeeze. Yes, it's um, perfect. So Aww. so yeah. Um, having to tell a story in like a hundred to a hundred and ten words is, um, it, yeah, a good a good it's impressive pressure cooker to be in. <laughs> um, yeah. And also, uh, board books these days, because the paper is so expensive, they're having to decrease the number of spreads that you're allowed, so you're losing words that way as well. <laughs> Um, so yeah, paper. Cause we had so many right? of them anyways. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's gotta be, yeah, we're going to have to come up with a better way. Is that what your book's about? I have so many questions. <laughs> we can't do without paper. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're going to uncover. Will you do, will you do more board books? I'm just, um, I'm, I'm fascinated. Uh, the context for my curiosity, mm-hmm. I, gu- I guess I can pause and explain, is that we talk, we talk to a lot of authors around um, the theses, their personal brand and the theses for their work. And what do, what do they want as their debut? And, you know, how are you seen as an author? And, um, you know, how do you, how do you think about that? Is that a, a, um, a sandbox that you want to, a dust box that you want to continue nice. to play in? Or um, how do you think about that? Um, well, Lori was very attracted to, I tend to write lyrically, um, and words are so important to me. I, I spend a lot of time figuring out how to make them sound lovely together. Mm. And, um, I would say as much as I love, like I can self entertain for hours with crazy books that I write that should never see the light of day and um but they're entertaining me right yeah Um, i mean that's the whole point right (laughs) yeah exactly why else do it and and 
<laughs> exactly. And, and and I love like chasing my husband or son around saying, listen to this, right? And then they yes. run. Yes. They've gotten to the point where they run now. Um, but I'm entertaining myself. Um, but um, I like, I know that, that Lori loves representing uh, lyrical writers. And I feel like Science is so beautiful. Um, while I love like um, the Tilbury House book about krill, um, where is it at? Um, um, it's like good eating or yes, something. Yes, yes, yes. We just had and, that one. Yeah. And it's funny, right? Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Yes. And it's so, the illustrations are so great. I mean, it's a great book, but I don't know that I can pull that off. Mm. Right. It's not the way I write. Um, I write much more along the lines of like um, this, this book, this book, Iceberg, right? oh, uh-huh. a life, right. A life in seasons. Oh, I've got a ton of sticky notes. <laughs> so many on. notes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know. So it's like, I, I know that I do a certain thing really well. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to, explore other things and maybe one of these days i'll write a book that's funny um that's filled with puns um that's a tara lazar kind of book we'd love to have you on this side of the fence jillian come on over <laughs> the water right. the water the is warm <laughs> you know but it's not it's not my fort right mm. so um, i'm 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 working on it I'm working on it. Yeah. And as long as I keep myself entertained um, doing it, that's important. <laughs> but I've got all of this other stuff that I want kids to know the amazingness, the beauty of science. And God, we need them in science because they're going to be the ones who are saving us from ourselves, right? Um, and we need them to have hope and we need them to, to dream and with amazing ideas and do it because they they love it and and so i i guess what i'm saying is that's why i am really focusing on the gorgeousness of science the lyricism of science the magic of science and yeah we need them we really really need them i mean what a Give me so much energy to to go back to my desk and do my job well. Yeah, and I was going to say, what what a perfect way to, like, wrap this all up. Like, that's a perfect ending, like, sort of book bookmark to this to this whole conversation. I mean, I just I I loved everything about this conversation. Like, you're so passionate and enthusiastic about science and what you write and how you do it. And I just I it, it was a true delight to have you on. And I just can't thank you enough. It was so enjoyable. Oh, you guys are so amazing. I want to thank you for like, I mean, you guys are creating community, right? And we need each other. Um, This is a tough, tough world. And without community, then like, why bother? Why we need each other? And that's super important. And so you guys are really helping doing that. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank well, that's so an even much. better. I know. know. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening this week. Find all of our episodes and other associated links and information at linktree.com slash verse show. 
or reach out to us on Blue Sky, Instagram, or Threads. Thanks again, and we'll see you next verse. Bye!